Folks, wondering what happened on July 11th in baseball history? The Babe debuts. Earl Weaver is named Orioles manager. The Ryan Express bags his 4,000th victim. And in two historic moments in All-Star games, Stu Miller is blown off the mound, and Tony Perez delivers a home run in the 15th inning in 1967 to give the NL a win. As a special treat, we got three of these radio calls for you on today's show. Welcome to Baseball History Daily. You know, every piece of history starts with a birthday. You know, the hundreds of players that were born today, my special birthday calls out to 1959 Rookie of the Year, Bob Allison. He was born on Wednesday, July 7th, 1934 in Raytown, Missouri. He was a college fullback and a great all-around athlete. Allison admitted, hitting is the hardest thing I've ever tried to learn in my life. But learn he did. The Missourian ranks third amongst twins all-time home run hitters. His 30 in 1959 helped him become the Rookie of the Year. In five times, he hit 29 or more. He and roommate Harmon Killebrew were the first Major League players to combine for two Grand Slams in one inning on July 18, 1962. And in 63, he led the AL in runs scored and hit home runs in three consecutive bats on May 17th. He also made a tremendous backhanded diving catch in Game 2 of the 1965 World Series, which you can listen to on Vintage Baseball Reflections, and that was his typical effort. He was an aggressive, hard-sliding base runner. Killebrew once said of him, he wants to win at everything, cards, ping pong, hardball, or baseball. He wants to be the first on the airplane and the first on the bus. Now, for today's debut, I'm going to let Robin talk about George Herman Ruth, but for me, it's Hal McRae. Hal McRae went two for four in his debut against uh, against the San Francisco Giants playing for the Cincinnati Reds. He, re- he started out as a platoon player, um, but his career really blossomed when he was traded to Kansas City and became their full-time DH. He won the DH of the Year Award three times, and his 133 RBIs set a Royal single-season franchise record in 1982, which now ranks second to Mike Sweeney, who has 144 in 2000. Now, he if you look on his, the baseball reference page and you look at the all-time leaders for the Royals, he's in the top five in just about every offensive franchise category. He was a fantastic player. Now, before Robin gets to today's Uh, history highlights. And I just want to tell you that uh, this is going to be a little different today. When she says her highlight, I'm going to sprinkle in um, three radio highlights. Nolan Ryan's 4,000 strikeout, Stu Miller getting blown off the mound, and Tony Perez's home run. So that's a little treat for you so that you can get a taste, so you can get a little flavor of what we have over at Vintage Baseball Reflections with the full radio broadcasts. Now for a little trivia, since the end of World War II, he is tied with Albert Bell, Cecil Fielder, David Ortiz, and Harmon Killebrew for the most times leading the American League in RBIs. The answer is going to come at the end of the show. Now for Robin and those highlights. On July 11, 1985, Nolan Ryan of the Houston Astros becomes the first pitcher in history to record 4,000 strikeouts. Ryan notches the milestone, dismissing New York Mets outfielder Danny Heap with three pitches in the sixth inning. It was December 10th, 1982. A straight-up deal. Danny Heap for Mike Scott. 
And he, he played with Nolan Ryan. He was a teammate of Nolan Ryan. And he is going to try not to strike out here. But in vain. He's out. Ryan got it. They're shooting off the scoreboard. Something ordinarily saved for home runs, but why not? Nolan Ryan, the all-time Major League strikeout leader, has now got 4,000 strikeouts. And he tips his hat to the crowd. They're going wild. On July 11, 1968, the Baltimore Orioles named future Hall of Famer Earl Weaver their manager. Weaver, a lifetime minor league player, had been serving as the team's first base coach and replaced the fired Hank Bauer. Under Weaver's managerial philosophy of double plays and the three-run homer, the 1970 Orioles would be world champions. In addition to the 1970 World Series, Weaver's Orioles would win 100-plus games five times, four pennants, and six division titles. On July 11, 1914, the babe George Herman Ruth makes his major league debut with the Boston Red Sox. Striking out at his first at-bat, Ruth would have to settle for a no decision as the starting pitcher after getting pulled for a pinch hitter in the seventh. The Red Sox would win the game 4-3. All-Star Trifecta. On July 11, 1950, network television broadcasts an All-Star game for the first time in history. In the first ever extra inning All-Star game, the National League defeats the American League 4-3. St. Louis Cardinals star Red Schoendeist wins the game with a home run in the 14th inning against Ted Gray. And on July 11, 1961, the San Francisco Giants pitcher Stu Miller is literally blown off the mound during an All-Star game at Candlestick Park. In the ninth inning, high winds would cause the 165-pound Miller to lose his balance. Umpires call a balk, allowing the tying run to score. The National League eventually wins 5-4 in 10 innings. Miller is a veteran major leaguer and has done a great job for the San Francisco Ball Club. This is Miller's first appearance in an all-star game, and he's up now. Three to two, the National League leads. The American League with a big threat going in the top of the ninth inning. Miller out of a stretch. And now takes a long look and delivers. Time had been called as the pitcher swung on and missed. Van Landis called time. He might have called a balk. Landis called a balk on him. Miller had a hesitation in his swing, and a balk is called. So now the American League has a golden opportunity on the balk call. K-Line goes to third. Maris goes to second base. With one out, the tying run now is at third, and the go-ahead run is at the second. Gary, it was a tough break for Stu. Actually, the wind blew him a little bit. You saw him. He gave with the wind, and that caused him to ball. As small as he is, he didn't have enough batters now, Jimmy, because Stu is a little fellow. And commits the ball. And on July 11, 1967, Tony Perez of the Cincinnati Reds hits a 15th inning home run against Jim Catfish Hunter of the Kansas City A's. Perez's dramatic blast gives the National League a 2-1 victory, ending the longest game in All-Star history. The 2008 15-inning All-Star game would tie the record. Here is Tony Perez, he's been at bat only once and he struck out in the 12th. Jim Catfish.
Fish Hunter still on, still working as an extra innings. The pitchers no longer have to go just for three innings. Like Juan de Perez, a breaking ball on the inside corner. During the regulation nine, a pitcher can go no more than three innings. But once the regulation nine is gone, they run out of pitchers. There's a long drive to left field off the bat of Perez. Back goes Jastrzemski looking up. Home run. Perez hit the ball very well. It's carried on a line drive just over the 375-foot sign in left center field. Hit the ball very well, and Yastrzemski could not get back to the wall at all. That was July 11th, this day in baseball. Robin, thanks for those highlights, and I'd love to get your feedback on playing those radio broadcasts, see if that's something that you've enjoyed. Um, now a little bit of hint on that trivia. So I'm going to give you four hints. He retired less than two seasons after winning his league's MVP award. And then he had a comeback attempt the following year, which was made much more difficult by expansion. He also played himself in his own biography. And he worked with Keith Jackson as a college football commentator. Now, that might help you out a little bit. Um, so today's feature radio calls on VintageBaseballReflections.com. You know, I like to say in some ways, this is just like the Twilight Zone where you can propel yourself back 30, 50, or 70 years to listen to the 1938 and 1940 All-Star Games. You know, 39 was played at Yankee Stadium. It features Joe DiMaggio, Jimmy Fox, Luke Appling, Bob Feller, Red Ruffing facing the National League uh, starter Paul Derringer. And it was essentially the same group of players who played in 1940, although the American League will add Ted Williams, um, as they, and they shift to Sportsman's Park. And there are two great games to listen to where you could really get a flavor for what it was like. We're going to move to 1960. Uh, the All-Star Games played at Municipal Stadium in Kansas City, where Willie Mays' impact is felt. Uh, you know, Mays is the all-time All-Star game leader in hits, at-bats, and runs scored. And he really steals the show. In 61, at the stick, we kind of gave away the Stu Miller part where he uh, gets blown off the mound. But imagine in the bottom of the 10th inning, future Hall of Fame pitcher Hoyt Wilhelm, and you get to face, you're up a run, and you're facing Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Frank Robinson, and Roberto Clemente. Uh, this is what All-Star Games is all about. You know, you're talking about uh, four of the top 20 players of all time coming up in a row, and uh, you got to get three of them to, uh, to, to, to win the game. It's a great listen at the end of that game. Seven, we played you the highlight already where um, Tony Perez hits that home run, but um, it is the longest All-Star Game in history. It features 24 future Hall of Fame players, and four of these players play the entire game. Now, to wrap up uh, today's games, you've got um, regular season games with the, in 1965 where the Yankees play the Twins and in 1971 where the Yankees play the Boston Red Sox rounding out those games. You know, every time I turn on one of these games, I just get excited. I hear all these new stories from announcers that I never heard before about players that I wish I had seen, but I never really got to see. I didn't get to experience them as it was happening. And that's what's so mesmerizing about these broadcasts. And there's so many of them on today's date. If you started listening to them right now, 
at eight o'clock in the morning when this podcast drops, uh, you'll still be listening at eight o'clock tomorrow morning uh, for the, to these games. So I hope you enjoy. I hope you uh, take a gander over there and really, you know, dip yourself into some of that magic baseball water that we all love. Now, uh, on to tr- today's trivia. Uh, the answer to the question is Jackie Jensen. He thrice led the American League in RBIs in 55, 58, and 59. He won the AL MVP award in 58. He played in 59, but he retired in 1960, and then he unretired in 1961, and then re-retired after the 61 season, and the main reason is he did not like to fly. He played himself in the Jackie Jensen story. It was only one scene, but he did play himself, and He is a member of the uh, College Football Hall of Fame, University of California, and he joined Keith Jackson in the broadcast booths. Uh, One of the cool things is you can listen to uh, Jackie Jensen interview um, on the uh, DeRosha and Day double play show on Vintage Baseball Reflections. Uh, Links in the show notes if you you haven't uh, checked out that podcast yet. And a special thanks goes to Robin from Robin Says for the highlights and Horsehide Trivia for this great trivia that we uh, we get from them. Links are both in the show notes. And that's all I got for today. VintageBaseballReflections.com features a treasure chest of baseball audio. The wonderful thing is the audio isn't a guy like me or a few talking heads reflecting on players, seasons, or teams. It is the actual players from that era, announcers from that era, giving you an uncut, unfiltered, unrecent day stance on what it was like then. These are real-time clips from that era. Now, we encourage you to check out our entire back catalog of baseball audio. And if you like old-time games, and folks, and folks, you are not alone. Join the membership section to enjoy interacting with fans, scoring games with folks just like you, and listening to hundreds of radio broadcasts that were baseball classics. As a special offer to you, type in This Day in Baseball for a discount just for you. And if you enjoyed the show, hit the plus sign to subscribe, follow us on the socials, and above all, share us with your friends who love baseball history just like you.